1: My name is Stuart Wright and regular listeners will know I've been the host of BritFlix Podcast since 2013. For new listeners who came here for the Leighton Stone Loves Film 2021 content, I've been a resident of Leighton for over 20 years and I'm proud to be part of a film festival happening right on my doorstep in East London, UK. Leighton Stone Loves Film 2021 is a free four-day film festival and really has something for everyone of all ages who can make it to the birthplace of one of cinema's greats, Alfred Hitchcock? It runs from Wednesday, fifteenth September to Sunday, nineteenth September, in outdoor and indoor venues along the Leightonstone High Road and across town. There'll be open-air film screenings in Langthorne Park, and indoor events in Leightonstone Library, Saint John's Church, Phillybrook, Brook, Heathcote and Star, Nexus Centre, online, and more. As well as films, there'll be talks installations, trails, and workshops. The Leighton Stone Loves Film 2021 podcast series will be 10 podcasts in total. Nine are released on Friday, 3rd of September. Each of those podcasts feature three or four preview interviews with the filmmakers and or film organizations taking part in the four day event. A 10th podcast will be released late September. We'll look back on highlights from Leighton Stone Loves Film 2021. The show notes include the names of the guests and organisations featured in this episode, links to the main Leighton Stone Loves Film 2021 website, as well as links to specific parts of the programme that feature in this episode. That includes the what, the where and the when. It just needs me to say, on with the interviews and enjoy this episode of the Leighton Stone Loves Film 2021 podcast series. Who are you and who or what do you represent?
2: So I'm Anthony. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and Sarah, and uh, together we are Forest Film Club. So we've been working together for, I think, around two or three years where we've been running events, um, and we used to have a monthly screening event where we uh, would show short films in Leighton Stone, and that got curtailed a little bit by um, the pandemic and everything that's been going on. So we're really looking forward to doing our first uh, live event again um, in September with Leighton Stone Loves Film. I think we kind of uh, represent short filmmakers, filmmakers who are, are new or in their early part of their career and just giving them some support, somewhere to show their film and kind of offering advice and stuff if, if we can as well. And what, what, was the, what
1: instigated the, the, the film club?
3: That's a good question. I think what I met Anthony because I got in contact with him because he was showing a short film in Walthamstow and I had just started making short films myself and I was quite interested in in the process of screening them so I offered to come and, and help him out and then we just got chatting about film and how it was kind of a shame that that broader audiences don't get to see short films because I really, before I started making them, didn't really, I couldn't probably name you more than about five short films. Um, and I didn't really know much about them. And we were sort of talking about how that's a shame that more people don't get access to them. And then, so we we just got chatting and I'm not really sure how it, it came about, but we just thought, oh, wouldn't it be really cool if we ran our own short film night in Leighton Stone? And it just kind of, I mean, Anthony, you, Hopefully, I have a better memory than I do. <laughs> That's kind I, of what I remember it happening. We had a conversation, we were like, we should just do it.
2: I think so, yeah. I think I kind of had it in mind for a little while. So, I think I'd run two events before. So, I'd done an event as part of the Leighton Stone Festival where I'd screened some local short films. And it was something I wanted to do, but like kind of on my own. It was just something like just doing it, just the two of us has been a lot of work putting it in finding the films, choosing the films that people have sent in and and just like the tech on the night and advertising. You know, there's so much that goes into it really and you might not realise, but um, I'd wanted to do it. And then the second screening I did was for, i made a couple of my own short films. So I screened them with some other shorts and that's the one that, that we'd been put in touch, I think. We'd spoken and, and she came yeah. up, Sarah came along and helped. Um and then yeah, I think from there we just kind of gone, you know, I, it was something I think Sarah had kind of like we'd had that conversation, like she said, and we just talked about it and it was something I wanted to do and and Sarah was up for it as well. So it just kind of was like, Okay, um with the two of us it'll be, you know, uh it's still hard work but a bit easier than if I do it on my on my own. And um yeah, I think we just got on well and we just thought, why don't we do it? And we started doing it monthly then.
1: What does Leightonstone Loves Film mean to you?
3: Personally, I was born and grew up in Leightonstone, so the area itself means a lot to me. I love Leightonstone, and it's incredible. It has you know, the community itself is just such a great one to 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 be in. Um, and Leightonstone Loves Film just adds so much more to that. Like we were do, obviously doing an event in Leightonstone before we'd heard before and stone loves film was created mm-hmm. so when that came along it was just like oh wow now there's going to be so many more amazing events going on here and everybody gets to see what a great town this is and it brings people to where i grew up so they can see it and and then the whole community gets to see how much we love film and and how you know and how passionate we are about what we do and and so, just as an event, it was just an amazing opportunity for a lot of people who I don't think would have ever had that opportunity without it.
2: Yeah, and I think for us, it was it was really nice to be. Sarah's already touched on it, but just to be part of a bigger thing. So it was it was really nice doing our own event, and we had people coming along, and we had people that would come every month, and, and we got to meet lots of different filmmakers. But in terms of like the community of Leighton Stone and the film community in Leighton Stone and, and Waltham Forest and other people doing similar events, we didn't necessarily connect with those people until Leighton Stone Loves Film. So now we've met all these other people that are from the borough um, and, and, and running events in the borough. And it just feels nice to be not just isolated, not just on our own, but kind of be part of something bigger. So
1: in a way, it's like Leighton's Stone Loves Film is like a bit of a kind of annual celebration of what everyone's up to in the in the local area.
2: Yeah. Mm, sounds like a good way to put it, I think, yeah.
1: So you've already hinted at it, but what, what exactly are you going to be contributing to Leighton's Stone Loves Film and where will people find you?
3: So uh, we've got two events. Mm-hmm. So we've got a an interactive quiz, um, which came about really because Anthony and I have obviously met some incredible actors over the years being... I've worked a lot with amateur theatre and Anthony, through making films, has met a lot of actors and we were talking about um, sort of mixing up acting and theatre and film and we were trying to figure out a way to do it. And I've been really heavily involved with uh, the Woodhouse Players who are based in Leytonstone for a few years now. Um, And we came up with an idea of doing an interactive film quiz. So it's a, a quiz, but with actors acting out the clues for you. So... Um, that should be really exciting. I per- I love quizzes and I don't think I've ever been to a quiz like this. So if we pull it off, it should be pretty cool. Um, and you can find that at the Heathco and Star on Wednesday, the 15th of September. So that's our first event. And Anthony can tell you about the second one.
2: Yeah, so the second one is kind of back to our roots. We're going to be hosting a, a short film screening. So we've got six short films um from filmmakers that have so it's kind of friends of forest film club so they're all filmmakers that have screened with us before people that we've met so they've all got new films and um, that they've made in the last kind of uh, 12 months or so so we're going to be really excited to be screening their films so six short films um with a QA with the uh, the filmmakers so hopefully um, all of them or, or, or most of them will be there on the night so the audience will be able to ask them questions as well which is is always nice to have that kind of interaction mm-hmm. with uh, between the filmmakers and the audience um, so yeah, so we're having our, our film screening at the Philly Brook and that's on Thursday the 16th of September
1: Fantastic Now outside of what you'll be contributing what particular aspect or specific event at Lane Stone Film are you looking forward to?
2: We've been in the meetings with all the different people and everything genuine that people have said, it's just sounded really great and really interesting um for what they're doing. There's um Gotcha, who is a filmmaker who we've screened at Late um at Forest Film Club, she's doing um some events around Turkish films. So I think mm. that'll be really interesting because Turkish film is not something I know about um already. So I think that'll be really, really interesting and there's lots of other events that, that are going on. Um, I'll definitely be trying to check out as many of the events as, as I can because we've been to different events um, for the last couple of years and, and they've all been really, really great.
3: Yes, I too am looking forward to all the events that will be going on. I think more than that, though, not just the events, being a, a big fan of Leighton Stone, obviously, um, I'm a great fan of, of how many venues they're using. I think the venues they've used over the last couple of years have benefited massively from the influx of people that we have that come to Leighton Stone for this festival. Um, I mean, I obviously, I said I've lived there my whole life and there were still venues I had never been into until the festival. Um, so in terms of that, I, I think it, it will be great for Leighton Stone. And, and yeah, like Anthony said, all the events are incredible and, and there really is such a mix for for every every type of person. There's something for everyone.
1: What What is it about the shared experience that, that benefits film so much?
2: I'm not sure how to answer this, but I think that the shared experience is really important. I think it's a really good question. There's just something about sharing it with other people. And I think that it's really great with with short films because it's quite short content. So, um, you know, in terms of um, attention span and as well with the audience. But I think we've had, we've been really fortunate that we've had some really great audiences come to, to some of our previous events. And it just, you get that atmosphere in the room and and it's really great, especially if it's a comedy, you know, people are laughing along at the at the same time and you know you can feel the tension in the air if it's a bit of a suspense or a horror. And and I think it just just adds to to your overall experience. It helps to kind of pull you in. Whereas, you know, if you're sat at home watching on a TV screen or a phone or something like that, you don't get that kind of the atmosphere that's kind of like bubbling around that kind of it, it heightens your experience of the film, I think. Um, and it's also really great for the filmmakers. So the filmmakers that are there, they can be in the room and they can see how um, the audience responds to their film. And, and most of the times that's, you know, very positively. And, and that can be really great as a, as a filmmaker, you know, we're both filmmakers ourselves. And, and you know, it can be really nerve-wracking to, to show your film Um, and and be there while there's other people that have not seen it before. But if they respond, you know, if they laugh in the right places or there's a tear at the end or or whatever it is that you're trying to get from an audience with your film, you know, it it is just a really wonderful experience to, to have um, people respond to your film, hopefully in a, a positive way. Anything more you can add to that?
3: It's that. And it's, it's also, there's just something about it. It's, I mean, you can sit down with a young person and you you can have 30 years difference between you and the person next to you. And you can watch this film and you can go through something together. I don't know. I mean, I've seen films that I genuinely feel like have changed me. And I've also seen films that I've thought, oh, my God, I never want to watch that again. But the person next to me thought it was the greatest thing ever. I think that's what I love about film. Obviously, I love when you when you can talk to people about how great something is. But I I love I think even more the conversations I have about films where I'll say oh I love this bit and somebody would say oh that that really didn't work for me actually I think if they'd done it like this it would be even better. I love how yeah I love how you you think that you have a lot in common with a person and then you hear their their top ten favorite films ever and you go wow okay doesn't think you were a fan of that or whatever it is it's um. Yeah, it's a it's a great a great conversation piece, I think.
1: For the local or young filmmaker or short filmmaker, sorry, should I say, who might be listening in, how how can they outside of Stone Loves film? How can they find you to share with you their films to potentially get them shown at your film club?
2: The best way is um, is probably to go through our website. If if they've made if they are on um, if they're on Film Freeway and they're already sending their films into festivals, if, if they know how to do that, then we're on Film Freeway. We're not open at the moment just simply because we're not sure what's going to happen with our, with our live events. Um, so we're going to do this event at Leighton Stone Loose Film, and hopefully that's the first of, of another bunch. Hopefully we get back into doing the live events. But yeah, so Film Freeway, if they already kind of know what Film Freeway is and they're kind of on that. Um, otherwise, uh, we've got a website which is forestfilmclub.co.uk, I want to say. Yeah, well, I think so. I think that works. <laughs> um, yeah. And we're also forestfilmclub at gmail.com, so they can send us an email on there, and we always try to get back to anybody if they've got a film that they want us to watch or if they want kind of pointing in the right direction and we can kind of help them in terms of, of where they are with their, their filmmaking.
1: Brilliant. Well, look, it just gives me to say, Thank you very much for giving your time on the Britflix Podcast. Thanks for
3: having me. Thank us. you. It's been lovely.
1: You are listening to the Leighton Stone Loves Film Podcast Series. Leighton Stone Loves Film returns for a third year from the 15th to the 19th of September, 2021. Across four days, Leighton Stone in East London will be host to a variety of free events brought to you by local filmmakers and film organisations. Let's get back to the interviews.
4: Who are you and who or what do you represent? I'm Ben. I'm Anna. And we are The Social Cinema. Uh, We're a community interest company based in Walthamstow. And we run um, events and film screenings. We started off with an outdoor cinema programme in the park near us on a pay-what-you-can-afford model. And we're running that programme again this summer. And we've also started producing sort of events and mm, sort of less traditional film-based
2: events.
5: Yeah, trying to use uh, cinema in a broader way so that it becomes more of an, uh, you know, more of an experience, and trying to uh, bring people. Um, outside their houses especially, you know, the pandemic it's been particularly difficult um, to have events that are community based and sharing experiences with the community with others so we're trying to um, give that um, in some ways with cinemas but, you know, different media as well.
1: What does Leighton Stone Love's film mean to you?
4: Yeah, so I... Came to know Leighton Stone Love's film because I work um, for a company which is called Insight Lighting, mm-hmm. and we do lighting and projections. And we have worked with the Barbican quite a lot in the past. Got oh, yeah. And for the first film festival, we did the technical uh, install for the majority of the venues. I think there were about eight venues that we were running and running the projection side of things. Oh, yeah? And since then, we've been back to the subsequent um, festival. And it's just been a really nice way to sort of meet a very local and passionate community. And yeah, you know, really to see the kind of creativity and drive of this really close-knit community.
5: And I have enjoyed past editions like as part of the audience, obviously. Okay. Um, No, I mean, it's a a great festival. It's just lovely to have something that uh, shows something that is very difficult to find generally, kind of this uh, community-led projects that are really part of the area where you live, and they talk about what's also happening in the area and make you know the projects and the creativity of where you live. So, I think it's just really nice to have something that uh, is part of the community where you live rather than a big cultural event that is, you know, offered by a big institution <laughs> um, talking about or showing you you know, artists that are amazing, but it's, it feels always as something apart from your life, completely different that happens elsewhere. Well, I think the, what's lovely what's great about uh, Leighton Sun films is that it talks a lot about the community where we live. And I think that's what is very good about it.
1: So in a way, what you're saying is it's like, it's, it's almost like it's, it's its ability to show what's possible living in Leighton and, and the surrounding area as opposed to what's just entertaining.
5: Yeah, and it also feels more like a dialogue rather than something you... is not like s- such a passive fruition as some, in some other instances where Got you. you are, you know, yeah, uh, consuming culture and it's beautiful and it's great, but it doesn't feel like part of your daily life while here it's more like a dialogue. I mean, I don't know what you think.
4: Yeah, I think so. I think it's very embedded within the community, yeah. and it's not,
5: yeah,
4: an an imposition. No, that's right, though, because 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 often things can can
1: can helicopter in, land, show you something fantastic, and go. Whereas I get the I get the impression from the interviews I've done over the over the entirety of this series is that people that were that were lucky enough to be at the first Lightstone film are very much in touch with people. That they met at Leighton Stonewood's film as as a point of discovering other creatives in the borough.
4: Yeah.
5: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And,
4: and I'm not accusing big museum shows of being the equivalent of a hostile takeover.
5: <laughs> no, no, exactly. But, um... I mean, we have enjoyed, you know, the Tate and all the big institutions art, you know, very much uh, in our lives. But it always feels like something apart.
1: Oh, no. I mean, I, I, mean, I live near... Um... I lived near one of the parks in Leighton and, and that was um, a secret cinema. But if, you, but if you didn't have a secret cinema ticket, it didn't include you. So, you know, those kind of things do happen and they're, they're, they're exciting, but they are exclusive. Whereas I think Leighton Stunler's film, it's inclusivity and, like you say, I think the, the words you use, dialogue, is very, a very good one um, to describe what's going on. What, what will you be contributing to Leighton
4: Stunler's film? We're going to make a visual scavenger hunt which is yeah aimed which is aimed to be very accessible so you know children and adults alike can participate and there will be numerous small installations which span the length of the high road which will be indicated on a map which is produced in tandem with um Jake Green's short circuit program okay so both of our sort of mini installations will be on the same map. So there'll be a walking trail co-produced by us, which is designed to connect the larger hub venues, I suppose.
1: Mm
4: -hmm. Um, Our program will be called Light Entertainment. And yeah, it's five little installations, which are exploring what moving image or exploring what constitutes moving image and the point at which moving image becomes animation or illusion. Okay. So it's kind of touching at points within maybe the genesis of moving image and looking at how you can create something akin to life. A lot of it will be done with analog technology and fairly non-lens-based approaches. So, for instance, there will be a slide projection animation, which will constitute two slide projectors and a small motor, which turns a disc in front of both of their lenses and There's a cutout in the disc, which allows one slide projector to be on and the other off. Mm. And this will essentially be one frame a second, and there will only be two frames. But you are presented with quite a believable animation of two footballers heading a ball to each other, a line drawing.
5: Yeah, we will play. You know, with slide projectors. You know, there will be a disco ball. There will be, you know, uh, you know, basic uh, CCTV cameras. You know, we're playing with this kind of technology. Um, but you know, like it sounds quite complicated and serious if we put it like this. But mm-hmm. it will be playful. So, yeah. like the idea is that you know, people will. Try to find these installations because the map will be quite generic. So the idea is just also to go and try to find them. And I think we will have little captions, you know, just to give mm-hmm. interesting facts or explaining how that is made, you know, sure. just to make it really playful, which is something that. In general, we're also trying to Mm -hmm. achieve with our events, just give a bit, you know, put a bit of playfulness in the use of technology. Yeah. Um, yeah.
4: I think we're really interested in showing, because often with a cinema or a screening experience, you're presented with the screen and the means of production is entirely obscured from you. You're looking at the screen, but instead we kind of as well as seeing the imagery as much as possible we're going to have the way that the image is produced very visible so you can understand the direct relationship between the medium and the message i guess
1: so uh, out of interest what 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 uh what inspired this concept because you know it's a really interesting sort of way of sort of showing and deconstructing the moving image where, where, where did that come from
4: I mean, I think a lot of it is from my work at Insight Lighting. It's a small family business run by Brendan Clark and Emma Smith, who are kind people, and they've been working with projection and lighting sort of, I guess, since the 80s, kind of coming out of, coming out of the rave scene. And as a result, they have a huge collection of analogue, um, disco, and ephemera. So I've just discovered yeah, you can accomplish really beautiful and interesting things with very what would be considered old fashioned or outdated equipment. Got you. With this sort of kit, you can see it and see what it's doing, and that's interesting. It's not a digital thing. Where you take it apart and you don't understand what it is, and you can't fix it, you can modify it in a very physical realm. And to make it haptic, to make it something that's there and embodied, I like the directness of that.
5: Yeah, I mean, and also just it's nice to use this kind of equipment and do, you know, and offer entertainment for children, for a generation that, you know, has no idea, right. you know, most of them, I don't want to generalize, but, you know, we also have two young children and they have like a toy camera and they have no idea what that is. You know, they play with it and we just, you know, we try to show them. So we have showed them a camera, but, you know, it just makes you think about, mm-hmm. um, you know, the difference of, you know, how this, generation is growing up I mean which is not necessarily a bad
1: no, no. thing
5: is not but you know it's nice also to um show them uh this kind of stuff um and play with it in a yeah. creative way yeah
4: and we do want I think you know I probably talk too much about the kind of <laughs> geeky side of it that I get into but essentially it's going to be yeah it is designed to be light entertainment as the title suggests so we're going to do a kind of rear window selfie booth. So it's like those films from, I don't know, the 60s and 70s where you have the car sequence and the what's happening behind the person driving clearly isn't real life, but mm. it's a rear projection. And yeah, so, Yeah,
5: to give the illusion of the car moving. But and... it's
4: obvious that it's yeah. done with a film projector. And we've um, got some archive... 16 mil footage which has been digitized of a high-speed car chase up a windy road in the south of France and we're going to produce the sort of silhouette of the back pillars of a car so people can sort of sit and pose in front of it for their sort of social media <laughs> car chase moment. <laughs> well, I mean,
5: well not social media necessarily but just play with it you yeah. know, pretend they are you know being chased by a very fast you can, you can be James Dean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. James
1: but, I, but I suppose, I suppose, in an age where I can use augmented reality via Instagram or whatever other app I want to use, the mm-hmm. idea of sitting in front of a silhouetted shadow of a car in front of a moving image to make it look yeah. like I'm driving down a road in France yeah, is a yeah. very, is a very, is a very immediate experience where you can see where the lines are drawn. I mean, sure. I've got no idea how. Instagram makes my eyes goggle, but it does it quite <laughs> easily, you know, whereas, whereas obviously if I sit down in a chair and then see the footage of me driving through France, I, have, mm-hmm. I, am, I am aware of what the processes I've been through. Um, I think yeah. there's a lot of what, while digitalization is convenient, it takes away mm-hmm. a lot of the um, general magic, which is everything's a kind of chemical reaction and or trick of light. Yeah, Exactly.
5: Yeah. And this kind of basic, more primitive, you know, systems and effects are, you know, just really fun anyway. You know, Mm -hmm. once you, um, you know, (laughs) just see them, uh, they're just really, I think it's going to be really fun and really nice. And it doesn't matter if um, younger generations haven't experienced uh and you know and they look old-fashioned i don't think it matters in the end i think it would be fun mm. and i think it's nice to show that
4: yeah and i think they're you know designed you know as much as possible we've designed them to be interactive or engaging we're going to do something with some cctv cameras and some old television monitors some big crt monitors nice and uh kind of very 80s video mixing desk. So you get all of these crazy video effects. So you'll be on camera, but there'll be a lot of primitive kind of digital noise and rainbowing sort of things going on.
5: Yeah, just also kind of um, encourage participation. That's another thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not always easy, of course, Uh, but yeah. Yeah, this other installation, you know, will try to encourage people to modify what happens on the screen ultimately Mm -hmm. and play with it. And that's another way to just show how, you know, um, yeah, this kind of old fashioned equipment can be uh, not only fun, but also creative because, you know, then the image is very abstract, will be ultimately be pretty abstract, but can be modified if you sure. jump inside.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've interviewed plenty of filmmakers who've sort who've, of who've told me why they prefer shooting on 16mm as opposed to digital, where obviously digital can be put through a filter, makes it look like film, but yeah, the uniformity of that effect means that it can never completely replicate mm-hmm the organic experience of what's happening when light and chemicals combine to make that yeah. moving image on a, on, a, on a 16 mil film.
4: And I don't think it's just a nostalgic instinct either. You know, there are real sort of observe, you know, observable things, like you can get really inky blacks on film that you'll never get from a digital projector, or there's something quite magical about the quality of a you know, good gallery CRT monitor that's very different to a plasma screen. So it's, it's kind of embracing the quirks and idiosyncrasies of different media. And we're not doing just analog things, you know. We're going we're gonna to make a primitive television out of LED light strips as well. So it will have probably about 100 pixels. Yeah. So it will be blocky blocky lights which are attempting to show a video and it's will, I hope, kind of hover between a sort of in-your-face disco look but also you can kind of read it as a TV as well. What aspect of Leighton film are you most looking forward to? I always like the short films because it's something that unless you're really kind of or at least I feel unless you're really keyed into that world or that community, they're more difficult to access. You know, there isn't the big studio or festival circuit or cinema releases of them. So, yeah, I really like always seeing the short films. I think it's a really sort of interesting form.
5: Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's all, I mean, just the festival also format I think is always really great you know just uh, this idea of being able to see many different things uh you know in a short amount of time and having an idea of what is going on in this case in the borough uh creatively I think is you know what's really amazing about festivals yeah they give you an idea of what's going on and those like the unexpected you know like this um you know because otherwise cinema or other you know or exhibitions or theater you always you know often tend to go and book and look at something that you know a little bit yeah. less that what's more familiar to you while festival just can really surprise you or you know you just get to know something yeah, you totally. had no idea and, it and, you, existed wouldn't, and you wouldn't or, have found yeah and you wouldn't have found or you know mm-hmm. uh you know just really source of real inspiration of something you had no idea existed or you had no idea you would like yeah or find inspiring so no. i think that's what i i like about this
4: two years ago there was a you know an example of that i saw a Film, uh, at Leighton Stone Love's film, and it was called The Gleaners, or I think Le Glaneur. It's a French film, and it's essentially about people who I guess live on the margins of society, but they make either an income or, you know, supplement an income by sort of picking up waste or discarded items and fixing them, or consuming them, or selling them. So People picking up broken fridges from the streets and fixing them or people going to the fields after the crop had been harvested and taking what was left kind of with tacit permission from the farmers. Mm-hmm. It was just an excellent film that, you know, explored something that, yeah, like you say, you never would have known even to look for.
1: What what is it about film that works best as a shared experience? And and sort of maybe inverting that on what you're proposing to do, which is, you know, there's a shared experience, I guess if families are doing things together of unpacking and and engaging with what you're offering. So there's also that kind of shared experience to consider as well.
5: Yeah, I mean, that's such a big question, definitely. I mean, yeah, the the yeah, as you say, the the I mean, surely if you watch a film at home as a family, it is still a shared experience. So why should we all go out and, and share it with other people we don't know? That is a very good question. So yeah, I mean, I would struggle to say exactly why. But I mean, definitely my experience is that, yeah, I mean, we definitely need to share things with strangers Probably we all need to be to feel like we are a part of the community. Definitely that, you know, it's difficult to explain why, but that's a very important aspect of our life.
1: Now, for those listening in who maybe are in the borough or won't be able to attend Lane Film,
4: how can they find out more about the social cinema? We have a website which is socialcinema.london and we're on Instagram at socialcinemalondon. It just gives me to say thank you very much for giving us your time on the BritFlix
1: podcast. Thank you very much, Stuart. It was great to talk to you.
5: Yeah, thank you.
1: You are listening to the Leighton Stone Loves Film podcast series. Leighton Stone Loves Film returns for a third year from the 15th to the 19th of September 2021. Across four days, Leighton Stone in East London will be host to a variety of free events brought to you by local filmmakers and film organisations. Let's get back to the interviews. Who are you and who or what do you represent? So my name is Anthony Andrews. I am the co-founder and creative director of a company
6: called We Are Parable. And we are a film exhibition company who are all about providing opportunities to audiences all around the UK to experience and respond to black cinema in culturally relevant, memorable and unique ways. When did uh, We Are Parable start up? Uh, so We Are Parable started up um, in 2013 when myself and my wife, Tia Andrews, we uh, were watching one of our favourite films um, and we realised that we had never seen that film in the cinema. The film was coming to America. We, we were both too young to have seen it in the cinema. And we were part of a generation where, you know, we grew up with that film, but we were too young to ever see it. And we felt like a, there are a number of people who were, part of that generation who loved that film just as much as we did. So we felt um, that we would show that film in our local cinema. Um, And, you know, as we started to organise that event, we started to think, well, actually, rather than simply sticking people in the cinema to watch the film, is there even more that we could do? So we thought about all of the elements about what we loved about that film. So whether it was the Rose Bearers or the dawning rose petals on people's feet, or was it um, about the music? Was it about the dancing? All of these things that we thought, oh, we could actually bring that into a cinema space. So that's exactly what we did, and we created this uh, kind of, you know, this this amazing experience of um, of Africa, of the celebration of Africa, from rose bearers to dancers to an arts and craft market um, happening in the cinema, of the, in the foyer of a cinema. All of these things happening at once to really try and play with the conventions of what it means to go to cinema, and that was a sold out event, and you know, it was only ever supposed to be one off. And like a one-off um, event but what it turned out to be was people asking for us to do it again and again and again and you know eight years later we're still doing that and it's um it's all about the experience that we want to provide to our audiences. What does Leighton Stone Lost film mean to you? I think Layton Stone Lost Film means to me it's about community um through the shared love of film. Um, I love how um inclusive it is. You know film can sometimes feel like quite an exclusive place. Yeah. a place where some people may not feel welcome some people may not feel represented on screen or sometimes be even behind the screen. And I think what, you know, the work that we want to do at Letting Stone Last film is to really break down some of those barriers and showing not only films that represent people that look like me and people that look like my wife, but also, you know, showing that there are people who are make who are creating stories about us who look like us as well. So behind the screen as well. And I think Letting Stone film is a great conduit for that important, conversation that important dialogue to to be had about you know black people creating stories to see their you know see themselves represented on screen so I think you know just by allowing uh the community to tell you know um based on film what they want to see on screen
1: i think is is only a um, a positive thing for the area in that sense then what, what are you going to be contributing to letting Stonewall's film this year um, so this year is our third year being involved in letting stone last film
6: and we've got two events I've got coming up so the first one is uh, called Raised Voices. And the idea behind that is that we work with a number of emerging Black filmmakers who are going to show their short films and contextualise them with a short Q&A. And it's really just showing the the wide breadth of of diverse stories and unique stories that these filmmakers are bringing to the screen and just giving them an opportunity to, you know, allow their films to connect with local audiences and to really um, be able to like I said, contextualise their film to an organ. And then we have a screening of a film called West Indies by Midhondo, which is a um, a really uh, controversial piece of work. I don't want to say too much about it. I think you should come and have a look at it. It's, um, it's a film that doesn't get screened that often, simply because it is um, quite controversial. It is also extremely expensive. To get to screen it anywhere, we've been very lucky to acquire it for this screening. But again, it's a film that talks about our lived experiences. Our, our, no, and it's a really important film for people to see. Is that a scripted
1: film or is it a documentary?
6: It's it's a scripted film. It's a scripted film. It came out in the late seventies, I believe. Oh wow! Um, and yeah, so, so it's a no, it's, a, you know, it's an incredible piece of work, and I really do want people to to come out and see it. What has made it important over time? Um, I think Medhondo was one of those um, film directors who um, I don't think was really appreciated in his time. And I think, you know, one of the great things about doing the job that we do is being able to not only show films that are current and contemporary, but also to look back at, you know, the canon of black of black cinema yeah. and realise some of the incredible storytellers that, you know, we didn't know about, but because we're in this industry, we're constantly finding out, finding out about um, so you know, this is not only an educational for the audience, educational for us as well, because we're we're starting to find out about how you know great storytellers like Med Hondo, like Charles Burnett, were telling you know stories about us from you know the '60s and the '70s and the '80s back then, and they, those stories were so prevalent. And we feel that it's a responsibility to make sure that you know new generations are aware of the canon that comes before them in order to propel ourselves into the future and. To continue to tell stories that resonate with our
1: wider community. Do you see films today where that, where the influence of, of films like that are, are, are present today?
6: Yeah, I think it's it's in many different it's in many different um, art forms. I think uh, Steve McQueen is doing a, a, an amazing job at the moment, especially with the Small Axe anthology, where you can really see how important it is to you know, take a lens on the past and how we use that to create our future. Is massively important, and I think you know, he it seems like he's a great student of um, people like Methondo, people like Spike Lee, even who have um chose to tell our stories in a very visceral way, in a very poetic way. So, I feel like he's a he, he's a real student in that respect. Someone like Barry Jenkins, and even thinking about someone who um, may not be known in the UK as much, but um, a director called Shola Amu who created who directed a wonderful film called The Last Tree a couple of years ago. Mm. And you can really see the influences in in you know past uh, black film d- directors on what he's trying to do to um, to put his spin on it. So yeah, you definitely see a um, a lineage in in a lot of the work that um, that you certainly
1: see today. And wh- where will people be able to see that as part of Lane Solos film?
6: Uh, it's going to be a Langton Park. We actually screened something there last year, and it's an you know it's an incredible park. You know we can have the outdoor screen and a few surprises as well. Perhaps a few Q and A's. We're looking at some other um, additional bits and pieces as well. So
1: we'll be able to keep you posted on. What particular aspect of Leighton film are you looking forward to most?
6: I don't think there's one particular thing that I that I look forward to when, when it comes to Leighton film. I think it's just about seeing people who might only have a passing interest or a passing kind of relationship with film actually sit down and watch a film together. I mean, when we did um, Race Voices last year, you know, we had people, when we were setting up, we had people... Who were just walking past and saying, oh, is this is free. And, you know, they they were saying it with almost like a trepidation to say, oh gosh, this guy's gonna tell me it's 20 quid to come and sit down and watch this film. And it's like, no, it's it's completely free. Like you can sit here and you can watch it. It's absolutely fine. And I think that is that, you know, like I said, it's that inclusive nature that I think film sometimes can lack, is is what, you know, and I really, I really look forward to Late Snow Last Film because you get, you know, all. You know, it's such a generational slice of culture and community um that you get in Laytonstone, and, and I think that's represented at a number of the Laytonstone Stone Last Film events. So I just look forward to the community, you know, kind of rubbing shoulders, obviously socially distanced, uh, <laughs> but doing it in doing it in a way that you know that, that really shows the diverse nature of our community. So I think just late, just seeing how the audience responds to so many different events around film is is really important to me. And I think that's what I look forward
1: to the most. Yeah, yeah. And again, I guess what you're describing there as well is that idea of people just being able to happen on something as opposed to, you know, going through a program and I must do this, I must do that. It's like yeah. the idea of wandering into the part into into where you're showing a film and then just finding it that way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now you said you've got you've got eight years experience now with We Are Par- Parable since you started. So what do you think you've uh, what what's been your observations as to why why film works so well as a shared experience
6: it's a piece of art you know it's it's something you know we always we you know whenever we look at a painting whenever we listen to a bit of music whenever we see a play everyone has a viewpoint on it but i think you know with some of those things you can sometimes you can sometimes do that alone and sometimes you don't have an outlet to kind of share your opinions but for the most part you'll go to watch a film with other people and i think there is something about a moving image Telling a story that is so powerful that I think it just makes it the perfect medium for experience. It makes it the perfect medium for, for communication, for human and emotional connection. Um, so I think, and, and I think that's only growing. So even, even though you, know, you have all these doom stories about these streamers coming in and killing cinema, I think that couldn't be further away from the truth. I think people still want to have that shared communal experience of watching a film together and feeling transformed by a film. Like the last film I watched um, that made me feel like that was Summer of Soul and seeing that in the cinema and just being uplifted by the music and the context behind it was just so powerful. And I feel like you can only get that experience when you're in a communal place like a cinema. Um, so, you know, that's, that's what really makes our job so exciting and also the, the, the art form of, of cinema so exciting.
1: Outside of uh, Les like Sum, how can people find We Are Parable? Um, you can find us by going to our website. It's www.weareparable.com You
6: can uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at We Are Parable, all one word. Um, and we're on Facebook as well. Um, so yeah, there's m- many ways that you can get in contact with us. We are currently um, working on a nationwide uh, season called Who We Are, which is celebrating black cinema from all around the world. We're working in about nine different cities around the UK from Glasgow to Bristol to Exeter to Manchester Liverpool Birmingham all over and it's supported by the British Film Institute and the National Lottery and it's running until October 2022 um so even if you're um just visiting Lakestone and you're in another part of the world there's probably a cinema that we're going to be operating that's near to you so yeah do check us out on uh on, on our website or on our social media and yeah, sign
1: up for our, you know, for our updates and see what, what we're doing next. And and you say, you say you're showing short films as part of your um, contribution. Are you, are you finding filmmakers or are filmmakers finding you?
6: Uh, it's a bit of both in all honesty. You know, we, we did a call out for a couple of short filmmakers and, you know, I think people are getting really creative in terms of like being able to shoot films in the pandemic so I think that's been great. I think it's been great for creativity. It's been great to see how the shift in tone has kind of moved, you know, as we've kind of experienced this, you know, this terrible time together. But yeah, we, we've, um, yeah we've, been, we've been really lucky in terms of like filmmakers wanting to come to us, but then also we doing a call, you know, us doing a call out and saying, yeah, filmmakers, send us your films and let's see what we can do together. So it's been a really nice combination of the both, of, of, of the both uh, elements coming together.
1: Brilliant, brilliant. Well, it just gives me to say mm-hmm. thank you very much for giving you time the Britflix podcast. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. That's it for this episode of Leighton Stone Loves Film 2021 podcast series. If you've got time, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Leighton Stone Loves Film it's produced by the Barbican in partnership with local residents and organisations and is commissioned by the London Borough of Waltham Forest, supported by Arts Council England.